More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not Hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of my bookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, thank God we made it. The college football championship happened. Let's never take it for granted. I've got an AV problem and an Artie Bucco problem. I'll explain. Doug Peterson whacked in Miami. Andrew Cuomo traded a team reality. All that plus garage band frontman and boyhood buddy John Ronas. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. As I record this, the college football national championship game is ongoing, and it is getting away from the Ohio State University as we speak. Devontae Smith just scored his third touchdown of the first half. You've got Justin Fields wincing in pain. Ohio State came into the game with a bunch of key guys out due to COVID and other reasons. And they lost their bruising running back, Trey Sermon, after just one carry. The full dominance of Alabama is clearly on display. But I'm glad that it happened. I am thankful that we had this night. Because it was far from certain. And you know what? I'm actually thankful for Ohio State. Because they were one of the big battleship programs that stood up 
to be counted and stood up in the face of withering Karenism back in July and August and said, we want to play. I know it's easy to hate the Ohio State University. And as now an adopted Badger fan, I'm obligated to hate them. But I'm glad. I'm glad that they were there as good as they were and as vocal as they were to help make this season happen. Don't know if you saw, but apparently Dan Wolken, USA Today, the chief, the, 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 the high priest of Team Apocalypse when it comes to college football, uh, got into it with Scott Van Pelt on Twitter, which I thought was great. Van Pelt stepping up to say, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Basically, Wolken's point was, you know, with all the players that got COVID this year, you have to wonder, was college football worth it? Many people rushed in to say, hell, fucking yeah, it was worth it. Besides, nobody can prove that actually playing college football led to more infections or even less infections. And it would certainly be argued that in the college football environment, you were you had access to more free testing, more care when it comes to if you did get the virus being taken care of. It's just such an asinine argument. And Ved Pelt said, look, I, I don't go anywhere. I wear a mask. I stayed home. I still got it. And I love the fact that Van Pelt, who's a, he's a powerful voice on the landscape, stepped up and said to Dan Wolken, no, 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 stop it already, please. It's just amazing to me that a guy who makes his living covering a sport like college football could be so relentlessly, utterly over the top vocal, trying to stop it from happening. I understand he is an opinion columnist. That's what he is supposed to do. He's not a straight reporter, Dan Wolken. Same thing for Pat Forty. Same thing for Christine Brennan. But they are they were arguing against their own interests and and really the interest of the players and the coaches who wanted to play, who who opted into this. They had the choice if they didn't want to play. You don't want to play, stay home. And you'll st- and we'll have your scholarship waiting next year. There was really no penalty if you said Eh, I just don't feel good about it. So I'm glad it happened. I wish this game was a little bit closer, but it does mean I'll get to bed a little bit earlier. Okay, I am uh, playing her tonight. I'm recording this sick. This has been a uh, nagging 11-day stretch. I got a COVID test today at the urging of my wife. It was one of the rapid antigen tests, and it came back negative. Now, there was something funny about the way the test was administered and everything. We just go to this small pharmacy, not really close to my house. We had to drive a little bit. It was 15, 20 minutes. We get there. Guy does the nasal swab. It wasn't, was it the full brain poke that people talk about with the PCR test? I don't know. It wasn't pleasant, but yeah, it definitely tickled. And we waited 15 minutes, went and got a sandwich, came back. And as I come back, this is how it happened. So I go, okay, I'm back to, you know, get the paperwork. What what what's the result, doc? And he's got this clipboard with a big stack of pieces of paper that have negative written on it. You know, it's pre-printed, negative and it's got a bunch of other stuff and I'm looking at the sheet as he holds it in his clipboard and he says, "Okay, what was your name again?" And I told him my name and my date of birth and he's writing it in to the form that says negative. And I go, "So, wait a minute." <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't get it. 
How do you know this is my test? There's nothing on this sheet of paper that says this was my test. It was because he had the little you know, tabs that they use where they show up with one line or two line, like the pregnancy tabs sitting in the back room. And he had gone back to check and he's, you know, looked at my name and my wife's name and he saw that, you know, whatever voodoo they had on the antigen rapid test said it was negative. So he had this stack of negative forms that we could take home and show to insurance or show to whoever we want to show it to. We need to show it to if, if that's the case. Hey, I'm negative. Here's the thing, though. There's no way that I'm not, that I didn't have it. I swear I've been sick with like a low grade cold now for 11 days and my sense of smell was obliterated at least five days ago. Now it's starting to come back just a bit, but I was just, (laughs) I almost got into it with him and I apologized because I I thought something weird was going on. I'm like, you're just going to write my name on a piece of paper that says negative. Like, how is this even legit? Who knows? And again, my wife could have been positive and then she could have cleared it through her system, you know, four days ago. And this rapid antigen test could have said negative because she already had it and is over it. I will probably try to get an antibody test just out of curiosity, but at least the rapid test says negative. I know everyone's, oh, I'm really, thanks for the update. I'm really worried about you. Let's get to my AV issue. Home theater is a mess. And I've got an AV issue and I've got an Artie Bucco issue. And I'm going to tell you what both are. The AV issue, the AV issue is this. The company that installed my home theater setup installed a very elaborate, some might say elegant, but I would say it is a pyramid built on shaky foundation system that integrates all these different components. Three direct TV boxes two Vizio television sets, one Sony projector television, and a Yamaha AV or a Yamaha receiver that is also the audio heart of the thing. And then you add in a PS4, a Blu-ray player, and Apple TV. Okay, how many components is that? A dozen almost? And you got to tie them all together and drive them all with a bunch of other stuff. So they also gave me, and this is where it got complicated, a so-called Atlona Matrix Switcher, which is way more expensive than you would believe. Rhymes with multiple thousand. And they replaced the HDMI running through my conduit in my wall to the TVs with Cat6 cable, which is like computer cable, that then gets converted back to HDMI with another little box at the termination of where it goes to the TVs and the home theater. Now, why they do that? Because straight HDMI can't deliver 4K. And four years ago in 2016, when I got the upgrade to the five-hour energy dome, I said, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet and make sure it's upgradable to 4K because 4K is going to come. 4K is still not here, for God's sakes. But to drive all these components and to make it dance right, especially with the Matrix, you needed a universal remote control. And the universal MX remote control requires a laptop to program it and somebody who knows exactly what they're doing. And then it's got to 
fire off on a universal flasher thing in which they've got the IR flashers taped with their, you know, uh, tentacle leads onto the front of the components in the box. And of course they end up failing and something doesn't work. And right now the whole thing's jacked up. It's not working correctly. Okay. So I'd like to make it simpler. I'd like to get rid of the Atlona matrix entirely and just go straight HDMI to the TVs. The only trick is I want to be able to flip the audio from one screen to the other to the other. And it's harder than you would think because they don't like to split out the audio from the video when it comes to HDMI output. And you would think that there was a simple audio receiver, a home stereo, a 7-1 surround sound stereo receiver that would have, say, and I'm just using basic numbers here, let's say eight HDMI inputs. So you can then drive eight different video outputs through your receiver. And then have, let's say, four different separate audio inputs. And you should have a, a button on the remote that says, I want the audio to be input four, even though the video is input one. You would think that'd be simple to do doesn't exist. Now there's all kinds of claptrap workarounds and it is driving me crazy. I've got one of Charlie Maddox's buddies uh, who knows AV very well and Charlie's an AV guy himself helping me out on this. I got Nathan Nye, my buddy up in Philadelphia who's coming to Zabe Scotland 2021. Let's hope that happens. Helping me out. But there are no easy solutions. Now, here's my Artie Bucco problem. Well, Zay, why don't you just call the company that installed it, especially if you paid so much money? Oh, I have. I called him last week, and I got a very friendly woman on the phone. Oh, hi, it's Denise. Oh, okay, what's the problem? All right, I'll let the guys know. I think they could be out your way this week. Hopefully, they can stop by and, and fix it. Nothing. Crickets for a week. I call back today. God damn, I wish I had fucking recorded this call. She's like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't forget about you. They're just very busy with stuff from the holidays. At this point, I'm already buco in, this, in, in The Sopranos when I'm trying to collect my money from Jean-Philippe, the French guy. Hey, qu'est-ce que c'est? Answering machine is broken. Where's my fucking money? I want to jump ugly at this company and scream at them and say, you motherfuckers sold me way too much stuff that was built on a pyramid of technologies that was a, a bound to fail at some point. You offer no follow-up service. You're not even returning my phone calls. What the living fuck? I will put you on blast. Do you want me to go to my social media and bash your company? That's my instinct. I want to do that so bad. But... If I blow up that bridge, they'll never help me fix it. I want to be gently persistent. I want to get them to come in at no cost to the league and fix what they set up and work with me. But they're fucking blowing me off right now. And I'm Artie Bucco. And, and Tony Soprano's like, Artie, you got to get your arms around this. I want to get my arms around this. I want to fix this. But what do I do? Because I'm really pissed. But they're the ones that can help me the most because they installed the system. Anybody else coming in? Oh, they're going to 
charge me all over again. Say, oh no, let's take this, this, and this out. They're going to, you know, pile up all the debt equipment and say, no, you need this, 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 and this. So what do I do? Your suggestions welcome. All right, time to talk to my man, Johnny Ronis. My man. My man. Little golden <laughs> earring here for you. you one of your favorite songs. It's yes. your official walk-up music. I like it. Twilight Zone. 10,999,169 views on YouTube. Can't be wrong. Wow. <laughs> one hit wonder. I, you know what, though? Bands go their whole lifetime hoping for one hit, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. still waiting. <laughs> right, you're still waiting <laughs> as the front man for uh, Just South of Seven. The yes. ultimate garage band slash wedding band slash party band slash bar old band? Man band. Old it's just man an old band. man band. It's beautiful. Has the band played recently? I know the it's the dead of winter. Now. No, we're just, uh, no, because you can't play indoors. Right. So we're just rehearsing. Okay. Hopefully. I'm uh, actually playing this weekend really? uh, acoustically with one of the guys in my band. So. Oh, nice. Where? Uh, yeah, I think uh, at the Barnes. I think because I was just put into uh, quarantine tonight. What? Yeah, one of our assistants tested positive this afternoon. So I thought you already had COVID. No, my son did. Are so, you sure you didn't I, have you know, it? Oh, no, I, I may have had it. I mean, I'm not worried about it, but no, I may I, have had it. Okay. I, so. I just uh, got done saying that I, I swear I have it, but I just took a rapid test and it said negative. I'm like, yeah, bullshit, t- my, my smell's been obliterated. I Oh, has it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's what I was waiting for as kind of a telltale, but um, no, I got to wait three days and then take the I'll take a rapid test. Where'd you take your rapid, local? Uh, I was uh, down the road in Aldi, which oh, is yeah. more developed now than I can believe. It's insane. It's <laughs> and insane. I'm like, who the fuck is all living down here, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So anyway, all yeah. right, here we are. I think it's halftime. I turned the TVs off. I came upstairs to the studio. It was 35-17. Uh, did Alabama score again in the last minute no. and a half? Oh, thank they God did for that. Did Ohio yep. State score in the last minute no. and a half? All right. Nope. Is this game effectively over, Ronis? No, I don't think so, just because Ohio State was moving the ball pretty decent until their last couple uh, times down the field. Yeah, but, but how are you going to keep goodness. back? How are you going to hold back Alabama? Seriously. I, well, it's Devontae Smith. He's got 217 yards. I know. I mean, it, it's just completely insane. And, they're you know, the, the, the whole thing about judging these quarterbacks, these guys are running wide open. Right. You don't see that in the NFL. No. Ever. Every single ball is contested. So I'm not sure how you judge these quarterbacks going to the next level. I, I definitely can tell you that Fields is not one that's going to – he's a little bit of a – he's not even a project. Wow. He's just a second-tier quarterback. Wow. That's a bold call because everyone was be talking good. him up after the game against Clemson. Yeah. No. No, I'm telling you. These, You're right. People you don't know. These balls it's, in between yeah. minuscule gaps. I know. You saw it this week. This weekend on six glorious games. Yeah. It was great. You know, the, the whole Devontae Smith thing is great because you, as a guy who helps extract potential 
from your students at the Ronas Academy at River Creek in Leesburg. If you want lessons, there you go. He's got indoor facilities. Get lessons all win along. RonasAcademy.com, pre-plug, ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> you, as, you as a coach and as a golf teacher, you always say that, you know, uh, ability minus distractions equals performance. performance. Yeah. And I love to see a young guy like Devontae Smith because he was an afterthought to start the season. It was yeah. all about Waddle, and he is not big like they like him for Sunday football players. He supposedly didn't run the fastest 40 time the last time they measured him, but guess what? Nobody can catch him, and he doesn't drop anything. And he seems yeah. like the humblest, hardest-working kid you've ever seen. Yeah, and they were talking that up today on uh, tonight on one of the touchdowns. He's just all business. You know, he catches it. Chucks it back to the ref. I, I love seeing that. You know what? He, he's, he's almost like a, a Maddox on the mound. He, he has changes of speeds, right. which are very unique. And it's you're right. He's not, I don't think, the fastest guy out there. I don't know. But he seems to change his pace and his speeds where they just can't figure it out. Fluidity. It's pretty cool. A fluidity of his speed is important. Yeah. It's the changing yeah. of gears, and you don't even know he changed gears. Like, there was an innocent-looking sort of screen to him early in the game to the left side. It looked like he was going nowhere. He somehow got around the corner and burst past all defenders and got like 18 yards. Yeah, and he you're did saying, the same thing shit. on that last touchdown yeah. where the guy's mirroring him in the back of the end zone and he just beats him no problem to the corner. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. All right, let's talk sportsmanship in the pros when it comes to the NFL. You are a big proponent of sportsmanship and etiquette because you see young kids, young golfers, come in and mimic what they see on TV all yeah. the time, the good, the bad, and everything else between. Your boys who played Little League Baseball, you saw coaching Little League, how these kids know every bat flip they've got every piece of equipment they got the fighting necklaces they've got the oakley sunglasses they know how to step out of the box to hold their hand up for time and they get it because they watch right yeah and they're allowed they're loud and they're overindulged they watch and they mimic so at the pro level how do you feel about acts of you know non-sportsmanship like stomping on logos like the ravens did to the titans yeah, I mean, you got to just draw the line in what bad sportsmanship is. The yesterday with the uh, Miller getting kicked out of the game for the for the uh, Bears, that twenty two, which is Gardner, CJ, Thompson, GJ. Johnson, yeah. yeah, he's a, he's a punk, yes. no question about it. And that guy pushed him, but earlier in the season, a guy just. Flat out punched him like five times. Yes. Now that that was Javon Wims. That was the guy yeah. who dropped the touchdown. Yeah, you're right. That's something that you know in that realm of sportsmanship and um, whatever it be in different sports, grabbing or holding or stomping or taunting or whatever. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode.
that kind of stuff drives me insane. When you're talking about idle things like stomping on the logo or things like that, that's more gamesmanship as far as I'm concerned. It's not necessarily poor sportsmanship. I see sportsmanship more in during the game and then certainly after the game. The rest of it for me is bulletin board material. I hate how, to say it that way. Yeah. How but, about how about Juju Smith Schuster saying I don't regret saying what I said about the Browns? And then after the game, old uh Mapletron, Chase Claypool said, Well, you know what? They played great, but guess what? I don't care. They're gonna get clapped next week, the Browns are. That yeah, makes well, him look like a bitch. Of course. And it's just stupidity as far as you you guys are making millions of dollars and also you're marketable in certain ways especially Juju Smith, he's very marketable, and now he's not marketable at all. Well, so, uh, yeah. I mean, these guys are idiots for doing that kind of thing, but for me, that's not poor sportsmanship. That's just idiocy. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. It's just, again, it's bulletin board. Poor sportsmanship is at the bottom of the pile spitting on someone or kicking them or something like that. That's poor sportsmanship. And then at the end of the game, I always get pissed off when someone – you know, is uh, at the end of the game the other night, someone was yelling at another player. Um, uh, I don't Mar- know Marcus Peters was was yapping yeah, towards the Ravens, he's, but that but that's who he is. He's a nutcase, right. right? So that's the kind of stuff that bothers me because kids don't really know what a nutcase is yet. Yeah. Here's, so here's here's me. Chase Claypool on his uh, social media feed. You know, bad loss, but um, Browns are going to get clapped next week, so it's all good. I mean, to me, what blows my mind is the blithe unawareness of you got embarrassed. Your season has ended. Why do you care if the Browns lose next week to the Chiefs or not? Shouldn't you be like, fuck, I'm pissed. Like, it's just a write-off for these guys. It's like a girlfriend that you're talking bad about because she dumps you. I I mean, you're just, you're, you're pathetic is what you are. I mean, it's over. You're done. You have nothing to say and no one should listen to you. Speaking, You're done. You got beat. Speaking of dumped uh, girlfriends, have you seen any of the Tiger documentary that aired on Sunday night on HBO Max? You know, I did not. And so I, when you, you texted me and said, I said that was going to be on the docket. This. Did you go and find, I, did you go I find looked, some absolutely examples? I did. I found the trailer <laughs> and then I read a long article about it. And it's um, very you know, controversial. Because yeah. it's deemed to be a hit piece by some, by some. Yeah, by some. But then again, they also talked in the article that I read about it's a little bit of a hit piece on the media, too, for how they portrayed Tiger and oh, and yeah. stalked him and his his mistresses and stuff. But whoa, whoa, wait there a minute. mistresses to stalk. Uh, Hold on a second. You're blaming the media. Hold on a second. The media did not go looking for that stuff. It was the National Enquirer. That's right. it. If right. it wasn't for them, he might have gotten away with it. Almost like, you know, if it weren't for these meddling kids. But the whole thing about... <laughs> I know, it's like Scooby-Doo. That's <laughs> great. All right, so the thing that'll blow you away when you see it was, you know, I knew about how Earl had befriended this young golf pro at the Navy golf course, I want to say. Okay. And he would let Earl teach lessons on the back of the range, and Earl had a Winnebago that he parked at the back of the range, 
And this young assistant pro said, you know what? I'm sorry I have to say this, but this is the truth. Earl would bring somehow find these young, attractive women to give lessons to, and they would end up back in the Winnebago for drinks after the lesson. And he said he was in on that as well, that he was unfaithful to his own marriage. And he said the fact that Tiger was around to see all this happening, he regrets to this day. Wow. I'd never heard wow. about that. Well, I'd never heard about I the have, Winnebago. I've never heard those stories. And they got, you know, Ronnie a, tells that story on our show about the, the you burning know, down the house, cigarettes are burning the house down. But I've never, I've heard, and I've heard that Earl was unfaithful, but yeah. stories like that, you know, it's, it's, it is interesting. I mean, also the Tiger's first girlfriend, Tiger, Tiger's first girlfriend kept the letter, the breakup letter that he wrote yeah. to her. And they have the whole, you know, lead up of, you know, Earl was pissed. Tita was pissed, saying, you got to break up with her. You know, she's interfering with the plan to dominate right. as a golfer. And it's interesting because on the one hand, they're being parents. I don't know if this right. girl was, you know, she's portrayed in the documentary as just, oh, I just love Tiger. I, I was done wrong. And, you know, I wasn't going to do this or anything else. Who the fuck knows? She might have been angling right. for a baby. She might have been controlling as fuck. She might have been taking him away from golf saying, why are you practicing so much? We don't know that. Yeah, or just the potential of that. Yeah. Now, the yeah. Uh, the first part ended with uh, Rachel Yucatel sitting down, yeah. the alpha mistress of all of Tiger's mistresses. She yeah. sits down for her interview in the documentary, and they zoom in on her face. And by the way, she's, the time has not done her well because the plastic surgery. No, the lips surgery... are almost the size of her chest. I know. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And she just looks in the camera and she says, okay, what do you want me to talk about again? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like wow wait until she tells her tale i'm i'm wow. fascinated to see the second half do you have hbo or do you need no, me but to I'm send actually, you i'm going to uh, i just saw those on each i don't have it so i'm gonna okay. subscribe all right i'm gonna subscribe just for this you don't have to subscribe for that i'll, I'll let you share my password I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll let you steal my my password for a little bit maybe i'll just come over to the house and watch together we could. We could. I actually, I, I just uploaded. Have you ever seen the Back Nine at Cherry Hills documentary from HBO? No, no. Oh. So I have a listener, Jason Grant, who's a huge, I mean, fanatic golfer from Texas. And he was bugging me via email saying, you said, Zabe, you had that documentary on a thumb drive and you can't find it. You can't buy it on DVD. It doesn't wow. show up anywhere online. It's not on YouTube. And it's the greatest one-hour documentary ever about the lives of Hogan, Nicholas, and Palmer intersecting in 1960 at the back nine at Cherry Hills. Wow. And and so he was bugging me for it, and so I finally found it, and I ended up posting it to my private Vimeo account. Now, <laughs> if it gets much attention, much heat, a lot of downloads, it's probably going to earn me a strike for copyright posting, yeah. but yeah. I will send you the link, Jr. And yeah. you must watch it because well, it's I got amazing. All the time in the world, so that's well, yeah, you're in quarantine now, so yeah. there you go. It's beautiful. Uh, Doug Peterson whacked in Miami. That was the big news on Very Monday surprising. afternoon. <laughs> surprising, but but so deserved. I'm like, well, he ran the ship pretty quick into the ground, didn't he? Well, I think it was the according to reports, it was like. He had different ideas, and he's like, we need to do this, this, and this, and I want more say in that, that, and that. And that's when Jeff Lurie's like, yeah, I don't think I'm down with that. And he ends yeah. up just whacking him. Days later, 
But yeah, well, yeah, he had a first meeting. Yep. And then he had a second meeting today. They said, and I guess today's meeting was more just to say you're gone. He won the Super Bowl three years ago. Yeah, and a little bit lucked out in that one too. And you know, the biggest thing is that Carson Wentz went in the wrong direction. So I don't know if you blame Wentz for that or. You're never going to get out of that contract, right? So there's no chance of trading him. No one's taking that contract. So I think you have to go in and say, well, maybe the coach was the root of his play becoming negative. You got to come in with a new coach because you're not coming in with a new quarterback. You cannot drop that contract. So I think in there, I think they had to do what they did today. Yeah. The only option. Well, now, now Ron Rivera is the longest tenured coach in the NFC East. It's incredible. By, you know, by a think, couple days, only because he was hired be, before McCarthy and before Joe Judge in New York. Yeah, and I think that will be a very similar to Dallas uh, move, and they'll regret that in Philadelphia. I think Jason Garrett, although he was just Mr. Vanilla, I think he still it was a hell of a lot better coach than McCarthy. Here was so, here was the one thing we'll about see. Lurie that I that I or, or the Eagles that I really was jealous of. Jeffrey Lurie, their owner, actually yeah. sat down on a Zoom press conference call and answered questions calmly. I'd really rather not publicly talk about the details, but um, I think it's fair to say that I saw this as a uh, a re- retooling of the team in a way in which I thought. Uh, we needed to make a lot of midterm, long-term decisions. Um, and that also had to do with coaches. Uh, how, how would we best set ourselves up for success two, three years down the road? And he goes on like that. And here's the only thing. I would love to have an owner who at least is willing to stand up or sit down in front of a Zoom mic and say, here's what we did and why, because we don't have that with Snyder. Snyder is oh, afraid no. of his own shadow. He's incapable of at least saying, well, here's what we did. I don't want to get too deep into it, but here was the process. To be like a normal head of a company. Yeah, and you know, I, th- I like the word midterm there, because it's really determining where are we now? Where are we now? How did we get here now? And then what do we see us or how do we see ourselves get into the future? I think there's an acknowledgement of the midterm grades and the midterm grades based on the signing of Wentz and maybe even the drafting of, of Hertz. It's a little bit of midterm grades are not exactly what they wanted. So therefore we got to do something to change, to get our final exam to be more of what we're looking for. So I like that. Yeah. That said, fuck yeah, the, your fuck the, is a joke. I know it's, <laughs> It's like Dan Snyder gets up in front of the mic once a year and then botches it by saying happy Thanksgiving. Oh, my owner, my owner was straightforward with the fans did like to have some special and happy endings in Miami. But other than that, (laughs) he was a good owner for the Patriots. Uh, Did you watch any of the Nickelodeon broadcast of the Saints Bears game? Yeah, you did. You know what? no, 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 no. I didn't watch. I didn't watch it on Nickelodeon. I watched a lot of the highlight stuff that they showed, um, and I did. I went back again today and looked at more of it. You know what? Anything that you can do to expand the game is fine with me. I mean, it was pretty. Uh, the end zone deal was pretty cool. Here, here, here was. Uh, this is great. Frank Galliendo did a fake Madden and Summerall on the slime <laughs> touchdown. Free back to pass. Finds Thomas in the middle of the field. 
Touchdown, New Orleans. What the fuck is going on here, Pat? What is this? Nickelodeon John. And coming up after the game, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob. Square pants. <laughs> Except on the West Coast. <laughs> That's a great callback yeah. to the old murder. days of Murder, She, she wrote. wrote. <laughs> who lives in a pineapple under the sea? It's great. I, my only problem is this. If kids can't be interested in football for football's sake, then what's the point? Why do we have to dumb football down for kids? I know I watched football as a kid and was wide-eyed and giddy about it and didn't eat any cartoon slime. Same thing for yeah. you. They, it was yeah. part of the maturation process. Yeah. I listened to a Super Bowl on a radio in the innards of a raccoon stuffed animal. I know that. <laughs> My dad brought something back from Germany with Shut a radio up. in a raccoon. I'm not kidding. And I listened to the Raiders play. I don't know who they played that year. Wait, wait, was, wait. You mean a stuffed raccoon, meaning a... A stuffed animal. Like a, like that a had toy. a radio in it? That had a radio in it. Wow. Okay. And I sat in my basement, McLean, and watched and listened to that. Was, yeah. So, so yeah, it, throwing the football to myself and catching it in my basement. Well, of course Remember, we did. Vividly. I threw the football to myself for the entirety of every Monday night game in my parents' bedroom because they had a huge king bed and a TV up there. And I would throw it to myself and I would dive over the corner yep. of the bed. I would tumble onto the bed. Yep. I would make my own plays. I would pretend like I'm playing. It yep. was all me all the time. That's right. That's I, that so, is absolutely right. So what so, are we yeah, doing? What are we really doing with this spoon feeding the cartoonization of the game to kids? Well, I'm not even sure that it went down as a sport. It was just more another form of entertainment, well, and um, and it, it wasn't really a sport. And it, it, I don't know. I don't know. Zay, if the you need slime, if you need slime to get kids into football, I don't know how that's going to. Tra- Eventually, the kids will have to give up the slime and just want to watch a football be- game because they've got the Titans minus four and a half. They're going to have to get you know to that what? point. Now, I maybe they feel- will. Maybe they'll give up the slime and they'll give up the SpongeBob animations on their own. I think that most of those kids watching that are going to be the accountants for the players who eventually become pro. All right. Do you have any thoughts in closing on the incredible Taylor Heineke performance? One of those performances that makes you remember why you love sports in the first place, because the ball doesn't care how big you are, where you came from or how much you make on that team. Nope. We had a, we had a little fella up in the Northeast named Doug Flutie who, uh, you know, always was in our hearts of just a little guy playing football. And um, Heineke was did a great job. He did a great job, and he was was enjoyable to watch. And his skill set, believe it or not, matches the modern day much better than a lot of these quarterbacks. Because he can run. Because so, he can run like he can move. fucking yeah, maniac. He has to be able to move. And he did a great job. And you know what? It's just great to see someone step up to the moment and make something of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. That's all I can say. All right. What's going on golf-wise? Nothing. Just cold. And, Teaching cold, you know, hitting balls out of the bay? Yeah. I put a simulator <laughs> in my garage, and I'm enjoying that. So Ooh, I got to come it's over fun. and see it. All Absolutely. Right. As soon as you're out of quarantine, I'm coming over. As soon as I'm healthy again, I'm coming over. How's that sound? It sounds great to me.
All right, buddy. Enjoy the second half. Thank you, Johnny. Great talking to you. There you go. All right, let me uh, end on a quick run around up here. This is amazing. Apparently now Andrew Cuomo says we cannot wait for vaccines. This was Cuomo's tweet today. We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We have nothing left to open. We will ha- we will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. That was in his state of the state address on Monday. Well, uh, welcome, uh, Gov, late as it is, to hashtag team reality. But it's amazing that you go back in time and somebody pulled this news item from June 25th. Headline, New York Governor Cuomo to other states, quote, you played politics with this virus and you lost. He said some conservative leaders rushed to reopen their economies. And he told people that the outbreak, amidst telling people the outbreak was all democratic hyperbole. Said Cuomo at the time, I say, look at the numbers. You played with politics with this virus and you lost. It was never politics. It was always science with us, said Cuomo. Well, that was when New York was way down, almost non-existent. And people were saying, New York did it right. Have you seen New York's curve lately? Have you seen their charts lately? Same thing for California. California is through the roof and they do now have genuine strain on their hospital systems. It reminds me of, hey, didn't California once spend tax money to have bulldozers put sand into skate parks back in March? Oh, yeah, they did. Gee, that didn't stop the pandemic from doing what it was going to do. In fact, nowhere, any of these NPIs, they call them, non-pharmaceutical interventions, Lockdowns, closing, stay-at-home orders, pushing sand into skate parks, none of this stuff, masks, none of it has any discernible effect on the pandemic. The virus is gonna virus, and there's no two ways around it. Part of the reason that Cuomo said this was he realizes the vaccine rollout is going so slowly, and they're not gonna hit any of their targets. 20 million by Christmas was the word from... The Trump administration, they're not even close. And we're now to January 11th. Biden said, I want 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days. They're now saying that's not going to come close. There's a lot of things that go into it, and it's harder to coordinate than you would think. And they're already starting to backpedal. Of course, uh, the story about you know Biden was, oh, we inherited a mess. You have no idea. Trump's lack of planning really fucked us, which, by the way, may be true. But just know this, this happens with every administration, with every problem that they inherit. They're like, oh boy, you have no idea what a mess we inherited. Oh man, that last guy, what an asshole. He really screwed everything up. Eventually, it'll whatever the response is, it'll belong to Biden and his team. So yeah. All right, welcome to team reality there, Andrew Cuomo. We'll see if you actually do open up the state or if this was just lip service meant to keep people 
uh, from coming after you. Thanks for listening. Hope you had a great Monday night watching the national championship game. It's still going on right now. I don't have a final score for you. We'll do the full recap on tomorrow's Zabecast. Tell a friend or two if you like what you're hearing in your ears right now and it supports the overall mission for original, fearless content that we love to bring you on a day-to-day basis. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Tuesday and we will see you next time. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not Hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of my bookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie.